people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning in each and every time and welcome back to another edition of the deluded podcast good morning from over here in the uk for those of you that are not you know from the territory i'm from good morning good afternoon good evening and the rest of it people according to whatever time zone you know thank you for tuning in as i said to the deluded podcast a really and truly podcaster people's podcast just as long as you're following across all socials who cares links are in the descriptions deluded guna 04 and everything apart from snapchat which is d guna 04 Twitch is deluded guna one eight seven. You know you can find me on YouTube. So if you're gonna do nothing else, make sure you're following me across some sort of socials. Make sure you you know you're showing the the. the the podcast some love and obviously if you're listening to this on spotify or apple not these freeloaders on anchor but if you're listening on one of the two major streaming platforms make sure you hit the follow button whatever you can do to make sure the engagements are up there things are and things people so i hope you're all doing well and safe there actually isn't that much to speak about in this podcast as you look and see it's been a bit of a slow news week really obviously we're going to get into the fa cup action we're going to preview the premier league there's a couple other talking points there so we'll see how long we're here for before we actually get into football just because i forget i forget actually people while i've been sat here at my desk obviously i'm looking at sky sports you know the free the free websites i go on first thing in the morning is fx street um investing.com cnbc and and sky sports so again that's about four names obviously i like to see what's happening in the economy what what might have happened in the asian markets and what's what's happened in asia and things like that because obviously um you know, Asia's time zones in front of us. So they wake up first, then it's us, then it's the Americans. So I like to see what's going on globally. Equally, obviously, you know, I like football. You know, I like to stay in touch. Apparently, the Premier League have launched and, and it's called No Room for Racism Action Plan, people. But reading this article, Premier League launches No Room for Racism Action Plan. Now, I spoke about this indirectly yesterday on my on my live stream over YouTube. I'm going to cut to the chase, people. It's more or less another plan with steps about how they're going to eradicate racism how they're going to make it a free and open football a free a free and open sort of place where regardless of your sex you know male or female your race your religion your background your class as long as you've got talent you can shine through now i'm not going to spoil it i'll read it out to you i'll cut to the chase people they gave you know as usual they you know richard masters and the rest of those fat cats at the premier league they gave a very nice written statement to accompany this people so i'm only going to deal with the facts in relation to their actual plan the no room for racism action plans commitments people um increase diversity in leadership positions increase representation of coaches from BAME backgrounds ensure every player has the opportunity to achieve their potential inside or outside of football support young people by promoting aspirational educational and pathways to opportunities continue to take action against all form of racism wherever it occurs support club in setting a framework and clear targets to embed quality diversity and inclusion across their organization now this sounds great and I would like to see this happen, but you know, to, as 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 I don't like to say BAME in it, I'm black in it. You know, we could have a bunch of multicultural people in a room, and we're all cast as BAME. I think that's a problem. We're all different. We're all diverse, and we should celebrate that rather than just have some people represented represented as a singular entity and some people just just thrown under the BAME. You know, you've got many different African and Caribbean countries. You've got many different Asian continents. You've got many different people that aren't black and Asian that will be. T- um, classed as BAME and we're all just thrown into one sort of thing people um 
as usual, you know, obviously, who doesn't? Whether you're one of these, uh, someone who is from a minority background or not, who doesn't want commitment? Who doesn't want football to reflect what we know? That it doesn't matter for class, that it doesn't matter for sex, that it doesn't matter for race. You know, all that matters is if you're a good or bad footballer, you know, and, and, and the amount of friends and the, the people skills, everything you learn from football, you know, there's a lot. Like me personally, I learned a lot from football. I've got a lot of friends, obviously, in the area and outside of my area that all look different and all look the same as, as me through playing football you know the amount of skills you learn I learned how to communicate I learned teamwork I think a big part for me is learn how to stand up for yourself I'm, I'm not talking necessarily structured football when you're in the cage and it's a foul and you want it to be a foul you need to open your mouth and you need to stand up to bigger kids and all of these sort of things so I can't champion football enough and who doesn't want what we learn from football to be reflected across society football mirrors society and society mirrors football but you know this is just like any other, when I when I did have a job, you know, a traditional nine to five, this is just like any other sort of company that claims to be forward thinking and wants to change. There's a bunch of buzzwords. Everybody's motivated for an hour or so when you're in a talk about this. But there's very little plans as to tomorrow, how do you do this? You know, increase diversity in leadership positions. How? How are you going to do that? You know, it sounds stupid, but why are you doing that? How are you going to do it? And what's the target? You know, how are you going to do that? Because one problem, and I've actually seen this myself, a well-known commentator has said to me, there's not a lot of black players, black people in management positions because they don't know owners because they don't play golf with them. Now, again, he didn't mean it like that. What he is saying is obviously it's an old boys network. You know, people are going to hire their friends or word of mouth. Obviously, if these black people are not in those networking set, um sectors away from everything you can see as a disadvantage. So are you hosting networking events where you can put people that might not have the context and they've content sorry con um contacts and able able to leverage such to you to to, to 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 probably build up relations i don't know you look at harry redknapp you know his glowing report did wonders for frank lampard to get a derby job so who knows so how are you going to increase leadership positions what are the target have you got a number on on task have you screen test all the 92 football league clubs or however many it is seen who's in leadership positions and, and set a realistic quote-unquote realistic target i don't know because i'm not told that just based on these commitments i'd like to assume so increase representation of culture from being backgrounds again how are you going to do that we know i can tell tell you from someone that has aspirations to coach one barrier obviously when you come from a certain background and a certain class is finances you know england's one of the most expensive nations to get coaching badges done you know and that's probably why we're behind in such and we're always playing catch up and we're always trying to follow the in thing like when spain had their little buzz we was all trying to do tiki taka now we're doing up the germans now we've got a little bit of a hybrid with the street ballers and the Jaden sanjos and all these footballers that were frowned upon told they had a chip on their shoulder told that you know told all of these sort of things or they had it coached out of them or there's a lot you know there's as much as I rate Jaden Sandro and Eze, it's nothing to do with them. Do you know how many players exactly like them in the last 10 years have probably not made it as footballers because they're seen as chip on their shoulders. They're seen as troublemakers. They're seen as not able to relay tactics. You know, they're not seen as not getting stuck in in some incidences, people. You know, we're only starting to unearth these guys now. We're only starting in recent years to stop turning our nose up at non-league footballers, you know. It is crazy. So again, how are you going to increase that representation? Are you going to set up proper sort of um, sort of like classes that, that can help give people um, tuitions? I mean, help. Can you set up tuition grants? You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to put is there going to be more of a push for professional players in, in compliance, maybe with the PFA to push 
black players to go and do their coaching badges to potentially show them there is a pathway. Because as much as I feel saying, oh, I don't want to be a coach is because I can't see this and that. It's an excuse. You should be the first one. I can't fault people. If you can see a pathway, an evident pathway, much like a young player in a football team, you're going to believe in something. You know, ensure every player has the opportunity to achieve their potential inside or outside the game. Again, how are you going to make that happen? Support young people by promoting um, aspirational, educational and pathways to opportunities. How are you going to do that? We know probably workshops, colleges and things like that, but you haven't told me how. Continue to take action against all form of racism wherever it occurs. Now, that's the one I get annoyed about. Now, I've seen, I believe, the PFA, the Premier League, the FA, a lot, whole lot of governing bodies over in the UK written a nice little letter to the Facebooks, the Twitter and these things, urging them to do something about abuse of players. You know, every day, you know, there's a new man or woman, there's a new black man or woman, there's a new player that is racially abused or subject to abuse and the rest of it, you know, it's too much to keep a hold of. So it's nice to see you write a letter, you know, and it looks good, but how are you going to do this? How are you going to force changes? Because to me, as as someone that is a black man, I, it seems like a spit in the face. You know, you do you do the knee, the knee, the dropping on the knees, the 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 um what's it called, the kneeling for racism. Them things there lose its meaning. They're just they're just feel good factors, and I feel. In society, and especially with social media, I feel there's too much of that, you know. Many people will say, will tweet, praying for the nation and never pray, you know. Every now and again, a tragedy happens. A, 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 a landmark will get lighted in certain colours. We'll say, say no to racism. We'll have little symbolic sort of shows. And then after a while, it's nothing, you know, like... We don't, we're not, we see our players kneeling, but we're not thinking about racism. We're thinking about the game. We know they're kneeling, but why are they kneeling? It's lost its meaning. I'm not against it, but it's lost it. It's, we're just doing things for the sake of it, you know? What are you going to do? Because to me, you don't come harsh, harsh enough on racism, you know? People are not really getting, you do see the anomalies, but rarely there's not really stadium bans. There's not really custodial sentences or significant fines and lifetime bans there's not really any deterrence really if those are made to make money out of clearing racism you'd think this would be what mopped up so while it sounds all good it just sounds like it doesn't sound like anything else that i've heard that i haven't heard this just sounds like a new a new turd that's been polished you know time will tell like i said it all it, all this talking about racism and fixing racism and all this sort of stuff it sounds great when you're in a room i've been in these rooms people in my little experience, I've been in the Kick It Out events. I'm not criticising Kick It Out, but I've been here when, you know, you have many different organisations or members from them that give all the buzzword, buzzword, sorry, all the fighting talk. We're going to eradicate racism. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's wavy for an hour. Everybody's motivated for half an hour to an hour. But I don't care about that. I care about how, you know, from the moment you said that, how do you put actions in place? And time will tell. You know, I want to live in a world where, yeah, I can name several black players. You know, if I'm a young black man right now, growing up in London, you can say, yeah, obviously Rashford's not from London, but you can identify with him. You can say, yeah, there's Rashford, there's Trent, there's Sanjo, there's this, there's that, the other, like we all have been able to do. But then what happens for that guy who says, no, I don't want to be a baller anymore. I can't be a baller. You know, I want to be a director or something. Off the top of my head, you can only look at, off the top of my head, Les Ferdinand, you're scratching your head, you can say, boy, he's a bit of an anomaly, you know, I can't tell you any black physios, any, any black physios, any, all them sort of roles there, there's obviously is black coaching staff and all these things, but it's, it's rarity compared to the playing staff, and I always say it to you lot, if you want to see what the, how, how far we've actually come, don't look at the playing staff, look at the levels. The playing staff, you know, they're the workers, essentially. You know, start going up the levels, start looking at the coaching staff and then the, the many different ones, the physios, the masseuses, all of these sort of things and then higher and higher. You don't see that. 
you know you, you you know you don't really see head of medical department and a, a, a BAME individual you don't see these sort of things and things can change because there's no way it should be like this I don't if I, I'm a black man I would love to work in football I don't want to be given a job just because I'm black you know I don't want a token thing I want my black my blackness to be a bonus I want me first and foremost to be certified at whatever I'm doing um and me as someone that has aspirations in football, I don't think there's a platform for people like myself that have all the aspiration in the world, never going to play the blame game as to why you're not there. Just need a, a, a pathway, you know. I don't think it's there. And, and you're getting in that dangerous t territory where you start picking token people that are not levels for the job. And then you see, oh boy, you know, it's, I find it crazy. You know, people will look at the one Sol Campbell... Chris Hutton, all of these guys, whether they're good managers or not, Darren Moore, which I think they've all done good jobs relatively, but one of them will have a bad season. Oh, that's why they don't get roles. Nobody says that with white managers. You know, nobody compares, nobody judges Salik Ferguson and Glenn Roder with all due respect to him on the same Richter scale. It doesn't make sense, does it, people? So it is what it is. It's a different sort. It's, it's dressing up a different way. It's different artwork. It's a different sort of slogan. We'll have to see what happens, people. We really will have to see what happens in that regards, man. But, you know, me, I'm not holding my breath. And I know a lot of you that, that listen to my thing, you're not going to be doing that either because, simply put, it doesn't make any sense, people. Like I said, seeing is believing and I want to see what is done in the future. I, don't, I, I want to see, is there a target? Is there a target in mind, people, really and truly? Now, moving away from that and talking about the FA Cup, people, I'm sure you've seen the FA Cup action over the past couple of days. We'll get on to the Everton versus Spurs game because I don't know what Everton have been eating, but they seem to love these dramatic games. Um, away from away from that, though, you saw Chelsea defeat... Um, Barnsley a goal to nil. I did think they named a stronger team than I would have expected, but in hindsight, they needed that. They kind of did struggle really and truly by their own standards. I think the academy players did well. You know, Adjerin came on, had a couple good touches, very good player, and you can see why he didn't go on loan and he's staying close to Thomas Tuchel's side. Billy Gilmore got a start. Probably difficult to expect him from now to the end of the season to dislodge either Kovacic or Jorginho or even get ahead of Kante in the pecking order but you know you'd imagine next season he needs to go out and loan that man's a baller a very cultured player um I tuned off after the game after a certain point but I looked at the game and I saw um, Lewis Bate was on the bench so it would have been lovely if he made his debut I could have done my research behind that people but I don't know um and based on the you know I, I actually turned it off after after Tammy scored because I just didn't want to watch football anymore people but up until that point it seemed like while Chelsea were dominating possession, they weren't really taking their chances or cutting them open. It felt like Barnsley were into the game more than they really should have. And, you know, Barnsley actually ended the game with more shots. Now, on one hand, it's more clinical from Chelsea. Um, but, you know, Barnsley had 14 shots, four on target, people. Obviously, if I haven't said it, Tammy Abraham saved the day. It was lovely to see, um, I can never say his name, but Toby Sibick, you know, he plays for he, he plays for Barnsley. He's been, he's previously at Wimbledon. I think he's been on loan at a couple of other clubs. I'm, I always find players interesting like that. And you actually have a couple, you actually have a couple of talented players in that Barnsley team still. You had Her Herbie Kane that was at Liverpool. You had Moat, I can never say his name, 25 years of age, was highly right, rated at Leeds. You got Woodrow as well. He was at, um, who was at Fingy, who used to play for, for Fulham. Yeah, a couple bit decent ballers there, people, you know. Connor Chaplin as well. Yeah, a couple guys, man. They did all right, but, you know, it is what it is. Considering Chelsea named a strong team, in my opinion, I'm sure they'll be, dis they'll be disappointed that they couldn't have got more from that game, really and truly. And maybe on the face of it, they made it harder 
than it need than it needs to be. Um, to be fair with you, there was even Kepa's been given a new a new sort of leaf for life under Tuku, but there was even a mis- incident. I'm sure he dropped the ball, he, he fumbled it, and they almost exploited that. So yeah, Tammy Abraham sees Chelsea through to the next round of the FA Cup. Arsenal are sadly not in action because we're out against Southampton. People speaking of Southampton, um, I only saw the highlights, so I can't comment on the game. But Danny Ings and Armstrong sent. Saint sent the Saints into the quarterfinals, people, courtesy of two goals in the second half against Wolves. Um, you know, you had you so you had Barnsley against Chelsea, you had Wolves against Southampton. Um, Leicester beat Brighton a goal to nil, as you lot know. Uh, Manchester City were on something, man. You know, big up Morgan Whitaker who scored his scored a goal for Swansea. I think he's just moved there from Derby. Um, Carl Walker, I, I'm sure he will say he meant that goal that got City off to a flyer, but he, he didn't. If we're real, if we're real with ourselves, you know, it was standard City. I don't think they got out of first gear, but they did what they needed to do. They scored in the first half, and obviously two quick fire goals from Raheem Sterling and Gabriel Jesus in the 47th and 50th minute alike added to Kyle Walker's fluke shot I think in the 30th minute and you know it looked like they're on their way to a 3-0 win 77 minutes on the clock Swansea at least made sure they didn't go home with a clean sheet um, to be fair with you so they did what they needed to do Leicester beat Brighton a goal to nil if you didn't hear that already Kian, Kian, Kelechi Iheanacho struck in, in stoppage time lovely sort of player uh, Bournemouth, the shock of the week, you probably like would say Bournemouth beat Bournemouth beat um, Burnley two goals to nil. People, Surridge and then Stanislas scored a penalty in the 88th minute. And you know, Sw- Bournemouth might be a team I have to buy a shirt, people, because I've seen rumours Patrick Vieira has had indirect like negotiations about becoming their gaffer. Obviously, our boy Jack Wilshere is there, so it might be a team I might have to get a shirt, people. And I'm not the biggest fan of Burnley, so anyone that beats them is a friend to me. Uh, Manchester United eventually beat um, West Ham a goal to nil. Scott McTominay, who... This must be Scott McTominay's best goal-scoring season, man. He seems to be chipping in quite a lot off the bench, I think, and made the difference. Now, for Manchester United, I'm sure, you know, it came at the death. It probably came a bit too late. Commiserations to West Ham because I thought they 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 fought well and things like that. I felt sorry for the young lad who got subbed on and subbed off, um, the former United player. Um, but it is what it is. I'm sure Man United wouldn't have liked it to have gone to the death as much as that. I'm sure they would have liked to have played better. I'm sure they would have liked to have been more clinical in the final third. But better late than never. McTominay scored and like I said, he seems to be chipping in. They won a goal to nil. Now, obviously, the game that takes precedent this week, you know, that that typifies the magic of the FA Cup, a game that probably, you know, if you're if you're if if you're the FA sponsors or whatever, Everton versus Spurs, you're clipping that up and using that as promo, you know, nine goal thriller. Anytime you concede four goals as a team, anytime you concede five goals as a team, when the emotion settles down, I'm sure both sets of coaching staff and managers, they'll look at their team and say, listen, the goals we conceded were poor. You know, they all could have been avoidable. I did think there was some good goals. Like, I really enjoyed Richarlison. Did Richarlison score too? He might have, you know. Um, yeah, he did. Richarlison's first strike, where it was with his left foot, where it was almost like he was about to lose his footing. I'd say that. Calvert-Lewin's goal was a banger as well. Obviously, Bernard's finish was quality, but all of these goals were avoidable. If it wasn't poor marking, it's poor off the ball. You know, it's, it's just doing silly stuff. It was a fantastic game as a neutral, though, and it's a crazy game. What could I say? Lamena done all right. Kane scored. I think Kane's goal is probably the best, man. That was a good cross and a good header. You know, Davison Sanchez scored as well, scored a brace. It was a mad game, people, you know. 
it was going either way, you know. Obviously, Spurs got off with the lead before Calvert-Lewin obviously scored. And then Calvert-Lewin at a point, you know, patterned it all up. And it looked like it looked like Everton were going to run away with it. Then Spurs got themselves back in the game. And, you know, Sigurdsson's got... I'm sure he got at least two assists in this game. And obviously, um, he scored as well. So, he's come, back, he's come back to haunt his former club. I'm sure Jose Mourinho won't be happy for several sort of ways. He's got one chance of winning a trophy because he's in a cup final. But I'm sure he wanted to go as far as he could in the FA Cup and considering the current holders are his North London rivals what better way would it to be to get to the final potentially win the FA Cup and claim it after Arsenal claimed it it's in your hometown and obviously I ain't seen Spurs win an FA Cup in my lifetime It'd be a bit of history so to be out of a cup competition to be out of something that you know Spurs will probably qualify for Europe via the league, but you never know. And you look what it did for Arsenal, that sort of luxury. Obviously, it was a disaster from a sporting point of view. He was, you know, he was quite bewildered as to why Bale wasn't available in, 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 the, in the days to come to this game. Obviously, they've got Manchester City on the weekend. They've gone into extra time and they've had to rely on Kane. Son's been there. Toby Alderweireld's been there. I'm sure a couple other key players were utilised. Um... Obviously, there's enough time to recover and those sort of things there, people. But you never know how much that will take out of you. Um, and, and on top of that, it's an away game. I think Decore bossed it, personally. I think Decore had a boss game. I think Ton Davis shit put in work. Um, you know, you've always got to rate Richarlison. Bernard's probably the poster boy, but it was a difficult game. I don't know how Harry Kane... Um, Harry Kane, not Harry Kane, the other Harry, Harry Winks... I don't think I've seen someone come on and have a worse cameo than that. I don't know how he he managed to come on and just stink up the joint, like absolutely stinking up the place. It's, it's got to the point, like you can imagine Spurs, they're looking past the fact now of you being homegrown, the homegrown rules that come with it and you being from our academy. I think Harry Winks is in real danger and he probably needs to leave to reignite his career, man, car. He's just getting worse and worse every day, people. Um, Sheffield United Sheffield United apologies beat Bristol City one goal to nil for those of you that are involved in that sort of thing. Sheffield United haven't Sheffield United and winning hasn't been said in the same sentence too many times. But courtesy of a penalty in the 66th minute via Ben Ben Sharp, Billy Sharp apologies. Um, they did what they needed to do. So that's that in relation to the FA Cup games, people. And in relation to the quarterfinals, there's some tasty fixtures. Carlo Ancelotti will play Pep Guardiola. It'll be Everton versus Manchester City. Brendan Rodgers against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Leicester City will welcome Manchester United. You've got a seaside derby. You've got Bournemouth against Southampton. And you've got Chelsea against Sheffield United, people. Quite the quarterfinals, people, really and truly. Um, very in, very interesting games. And, you know, we'll see what happens in March, really and truly. So that's that. Um, should we get into the Premier League action? I'm sure a lot of you are all re ready and waiting to see what the Premier League has in tail for everyone. Like I said, people, the big game of the weekend, tomorrow, Saturday, 5.30, Manchester City against Tottenham Hotspur. Free-flowing Pep Guardiola's side against Spurs, who, who, based on some talks, were spoken of of winning the league this year. It's not happened, right? Their recent form has not been good. You know, it's Jose Mourinho versus Pep Guardiola. Pep versus Jose. That's enough to sell the game in itself. You know, it's a big game. It's one for the neutrals. Harry Kane is back. Manchester City, again, you, it's not the end of the world if they don't win, but they're blitzing sides, they're defending well, they're striking, they're missing key players. You can't see a way of stopping them. If Spurs were to beat them, then they can get a positive result. Now, I think it's closer than people think. Obviously, the form, they're in two different worlds, but it just seems, and I don't have any details to back it up, but as much as I don't appraise Spurs, it does seem like when Spurs play City, it's not that they have their number, but 
they never really out the game. It's like they know how to play against Man City, or they previously did. Or if I was a Spurs fan against City, is probably apart from Arsenal, it's probably the, the biggest top six game or historical big game that I'd be quick calm about. I expect City to wipe the wipe the floor with them. Of course, I want Raheem Sterling to savage them and tear them up, and you know I want Doherty to play because he's an Arsenal fan and he's on what I'm on. You know I ain't I haven't seen a player fraud it that much. How did he go from being a serious right back at Wolves to looking like Wolves shortchanged him? Went from he, he he became clear that he's an Arsenal fan. Spurs should have stayed clear, but yeah, man, I think it's going to be a tougher game, and it's a big test, you know, for Spurs. They've been dropping points. It'll be a, you know, if they win, it shows togetherness, bouncing back from defeat. If they lose, it's an it's a week from hell, and you don't know where they go from there. People, really, it's going to be an interesting game, and I'm keen to see what Pep Guardiola would do. Will he play this? Nobody's a striker, but everybody's a striker. You know, bewildering formation that fascinates us because it's so amazing. I don't know. When you look at the statistics, though, Manchester City have have won seven of their last ten home games with Spurs people. Um, a 2-2 draw happened last year at the Etihad. Since Jose Mourinho took over, Spurs have won both of their Premier League meetings with Man City. Both were matches at Tottenham Stadium though in February and November. So, again, this is what I mean. Like, I knew... Jose might have had a, I knew there was something decent, so that might give them confidence. They've done quite well in recent games against City. But likewise, if you're Man City, you're saying, you know what, this is where we lay down a marker. We finally patting it up and, and, and win rather than losing. Tottenham are looking to win away against both Manchester both Manchester clubs in a single top flight season for the first time since 1959-1960, people. So we'll have to see. Spurs have won just one of their last six Premier League away games, though, people. Drawing three and losing two, having won four in a row before that, people. They've not lost consecutive league games since a run of three in, in, in October 2019 under Pochettino. So Jose ain't done that for Spurs, people. Since losing 2-0 against Spurs in November, people, Manchester City have remained unbeaten in their last 14 Premier League games, drawing two and winning 12, and have won the last 10, people. They have shipped just three goals in those 14 games, which we all know City are improving greatly defensively. We all know how clinical they are, people. Um, so they've improved defensively and it, it, it could get long for, for Jose. But I think it's closer than people make out. Another game, you know, to kick off the week, really. A very good game, in my opinion. 12.30, you've got Leicester City against Liverpool. The Brendan Rodgers derby. Third place Leicester City against fourth place Liverpool. Liverpool are on 40 points. Manchester, Leicester City are on 43 if Manchester City, I mean, if Liverpool, if Leicester win, you know, 46 points, puts pressure on United, you know, puts pressure on Liverpool, of course, because you've got to take points off your rivals. Chelsea are probably licking their lips, even, even West Ham, you know. I'd say everybody, really, you know what, Chelsea, West Ham, Everton, Chelsea are on 39 points. So they're looking to take advantage regardless of what happens. West Ham, the same. Obviously, goal difference makes a difference. You know, Everton are only on 37 points, so they can draw level with their Merseyside rivals on 40. You know, Spurs are only on 36, so if you get a good result against top table on 50 points, Manchester City, you know, you can take that and build some momentum. You know, I don't want to talk about it, but then after that, you've got Aston Villa, Leeds and Arsenal people. Le Arsenal are on 31, so we somehow got to make up a nine-point deficit. <laughs> assuming but it is what it is so that's going to be an interesting game people really and truly Leicester have lost their last three home games against Liverpool people so surely that has to end soon likewise Liverpool have won 12 of their last 17 Premier League games against Leicester they've won six of the last seven 
Leicester haven't haven't lost four consecutive home top flight matches against an opponent since a run of five defeats between 1999 and 2003 against Manchester United. Man, um, Leicester City apologies have lost 16 of their last 20 Premier League games against reigning champions people keeping just one clean sheet on that run however they have won two of their last four games at home um, such games at home sorry beating Chelsea in 2015-16 and City in 2018-19 Liverpool are looking to win three consecutive away Premier League games for the first time since winning eight in a row between November 2019 and December the following year I mean February the following year February 2020 so that's going to be an interesting game with ramifications you know, for the rest of the table, people. So it's quite an interesting game week of football, people, on Saturday. You've also got Crystal Palace against Burnley. You hope Crystal Palace win that. Come on, Eze and Zaha and all these things. Um, we'll have to see what happens, people. Since since Burnley beat West Ham 3-0 in March 2018, Burnley have actually lost 11 of their 15 Premier League games in, in London, people. Um in the Premier League. However, Burnley are looking to win consecutive away league matches against Crystal Palace for the first time since December 2001. So we'll have to see what happens. I'm back in Palace and hope they can do the job. You've got Brighton against um, Aston Villa. You know, that's down to be a good game. Brighton have rediscovered themselves. You know, you never become a bad team or a bad manager overnight. We know Graham Potter is a fantastic manager and he's found some sort of form. And maybe it's, it's come at the right time because they're still 15th on 25 points. They need to break away from the Newcastles and the Burnleys people. Um, so it's an interesting game. And as I said earlier, Aston Villa are ninth. You never know. If you continue this, we're at the business end of the season. If you continue this, you never know. Villa might get themselves to Europe place. Whether that's Champions League or the Europa League is up to them. But they're on 35 points. So I'm sure they want to win. You know, if they win and City do them a favour, you know, Depending on what happens, you know, they can advance ahead of Tottenham and who knows in relation to the Everton game. So we're at the business end and there's a lot of ramifications up and down the table according to all games, people. You've got West Brom against Manchester United away from home. I expect Manchester United to walk away with that game and absolutely blitz them. I do think they look a bit better away from home. There's probably more joy on the road than at home for Manchester United and I firmly expect that to be business as usual. Um, obviously, you've got Wolves against Southampton. Southampton against Wolves, a repeat of, of the midweek FA Cup game. I do think you'll see a reaction. Um, that game goes either way for me. Um, you've got Everton against Fulham. You've got West Ham against Sheffield United people. You've got Chelsea against Newcastle on Monday at 8pm. Um, you've also the West Ham versus Sheffield United games also on the Monday at 6. Sunday sees Everton versus Fulham, Manchester United against West Brom. Obviously, Arsenal against Leeds. Now, I'm not going to bore you lot with statistics for me. I want to win. I want a reaction because I wanted a reaction when we just played Villa based on what happened at the Emirates. The same went for Wolves and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Go and do that now, you know, because if I'm Leeds, you know, Leeds are ahead of us in the table. They can advance ahead of us in the table. Based on the last game, Leeds should be sitting there and thinking, boy, these lot were lucky. You know, they were able to defend and that, but we're all over them. You hear the way Alioski speaking. I want to... I want them to really, you know, see why we're called the Gunners and why we got a cannon on our chest. I want us to light them up. I don't want Bielsa to get any plaudits from today, from that game. Of course, you know, Bielsa's side, they've got a quality manager, quality system and quality individuals. We know what Rafinha's on. You know, we know what Jack Harrison can do. We know what Bamford can do. You know, there's a lot of talented players throughout that team, people. Matt, um, Calvin Phillips as well. 
it's going to be a big test. And we're at home. At home, I haven't been convinced generally with our performances. We haven't put too many pride in the Emirates pitch or at our backyard. So I want to kind of, you know, put put leads to the sword. And for us, it's a big game. What? 31 points. We're 11th. They're 10th on 32. You know, Southampton are behind us on 29, as are Palace. You know, Wolves could put, become a at best a point behind us. So it's, it's time to make a marker. It's really time to make a marker. And again, I don't think we're getting top four. I think we have to rely on too much. But if City could do you a favour, if you can beat Leeds, you know, uh, you're, you're, the teams around you are dropping points and you could advance. How, you know, in an ideal world, you'd love to see West Ham, Everton, Spurs and Villa all drop points, really. So I'm supporting all their rivals, assuming nobody's playing against each other. Shout out to David Boyes' side because they're running away with it, really, in their own standards, people. So, once again, people, um, to reiterate this, the, the, the games to come, you've got Leicester City against Liverpool. You've got Crystal Palace against Burnley. You've got Manchester, Manchester City against Spurs. Um, Crystal Palace against Burnley. Manchester City against Spurs, Tottenham. You've got Brighton welcoming Aston Villa to their place. You've got Southampton versus Wolverhampton. Um, you've got West Bromwich Albion versus Manchester United. Arsenal welcome Leeds United. Everton welcome Fulham to Goodison Park. West Ham at the London Stadium will be playing against Chris Wilder, Sheffield United. And Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea team welcome Steve Bruce's Newcastle team to Stamford Bridge. Hopefully, Joel Willett can continue his goal-scoring form and present some problems to them people. We'll have to see what happens in that regard. You've also got midweek action as well, which we'll speak about more so in depth. Um, on Tuesday because there's a game on Monday. We'll speak more on Tuesday, but I'll speak. I'll cover it all again, people. But you know, Wednesday midweek games to come. You got Burnley, Fulham, you know, and you've got Everton versus Man City. So you've got some tasty, tasty, tasty games to come, people. Um, yeah, man. Um, moving away, moving away from that, though, folks. And I'm sure not a lot of you are, are, are aware of things, you know, in case you're not, you know, apparently PSG forward Neymar could be ruled out for up to a month and could miss the return to Camp Nou when his side played Barcelona in the Champions League on the 16th of February. So as you lot know, next week is European football as well. People forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm sure we're in Europa League action. Manchester City clearly are playing in the Champions League the following week. Um, so, you know, I'm keen to see what could happen because I do think with maybe not this year because he hasn't had much time, but... You know, the one thing you thought PSG were lacking was in, they had great individuals, but tacticians and a manager that can get them there. And if he's able to get Spurs to a Champions League final, I know football's not as simple as this. You'd imagine he can get a tune out of Ifit, Mbappe, Neymar and the rest of them, um, really and truly. So I'm keen to see what happens there. Obviously, Bayern Munich people have won another trophy. They, As you lot know, they were playing in the Club World Cup and they beat Mexican side Tigares 1-0 people. To win the to, to win the World Club Cup, people, and they're now world champions as well as European champions, people. Um, it was it all came courtesy. They won one 0 It came courtesy of a of a second half volley by Pavard. Um, I watched a bit of the game. It did seem like they weren't really creating as much chances and putting them to the sword, but they did enough, man, to get a clean sheet, get another trophy, and you know it's another accolade for them and and for their manager Hansi Hans Flick. You know it's his sixth trophy since he took over in November 2019 absolutely ridiculous people absolutely ridiculous how can he 
How could he? How can it be that mad? I also forgot to say as well, for Arsenal fans, we're going to be without Thomas Partey and Kieran Tierney, which is a blow to our, our, our hopes. They're two of our best players at a time where we, we've got a lot of poor ones, but we're going to have to get through it. Injuries are part and parcel of the game. There's 38 Premier League games. You can't expect everybody to be fit. We're going to have to get through it, people. And this is where people need to stand up to be counted firmly. So, yeah, they're actually, there's not that much to talk about from a footballing perspective, people. Like I said, it's a slow news day. Um, I'm on Sky Sports in front of you. And again, there's actually nothing nothing to talk about, really. We've spoken about the FA Cup. We've spoken about the Premier League. I also feel uh, apparently Harvey Elliott, you know, um, Liverpool have been ordered to pay Fulham compensation, roughly around four million quid um, over getting him. Um which is good, you know, it probably is cheap, they'd say it's probably too cheap considering what he's doing at Blackburn, considering what he's destined to probably do at Liverpool allegedly, it's probably too cheap, but the game's the game, people, really and truly, he didn't sign a pro deal at the time of leaving Fulham, he barely scratched the surface of a first team player, so to get four million in this day and age, of course, when you look at it in hindsight, he's short-changed, but they've done all right and I'm sure Liverpool probably say that's fair, Liverpool probably stand to make a healthy buck on him because he's doing quite well at Blackburn, I'm sure... The goal is to break in at Arsenal. I mean, to break in at Liverpool at first team level and stuff like that. Um, he's equipped to the life in the Championship well. He might even go on loan again. They might say, do you know what? Go and show us you can do it again in the Premier League. Go and show us you can do it in the, in the Champions League or come back. So we'll have to see what happens in relation to Harvey Elliott, man. But he's an interesting prospect. And a couple of men are balling out at, at Blackburn still, to be fair with you. We'll have to see what happens in that regards, though, man. But. It's been a fantastic podcast. Please make sure you're checking my stuff out on YouTube and things like that. And you're following the socials. All the links are in the descriptions. Deludaguna04 and everything. Snapchat Deguna04. Uh, Twitch, sorry. Deludaguna187. So, yeah, make sure you're giving me a follow on all of them. If you do nothing more, make sure you hit up the Instagram one, man. Take me that much closer to 10K so I can finally use the swipe up feature for my podcast and for my YouTube content. But for now, it's been fantastic. Please make sure you're back here on Tuesday people you know I'll be here to review all the Premier League action and any sort of talking points that arrive and preview well then preview any games to come midweek but it's been a fantastic deluded podcast with you lot so thank you very much for checking into the DG podcast hope you all have a good Friday and those sort of things I'm out people one love